you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. Welcome to all the Sentinels, Arc Striders, and Dawn Blades to episode 72 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and to you, the Destiny community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you as always for making us a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. My name is David. And I'm Jordan. And before we get started, we want to make sure that you check out all the other killer podcasts available here on the Mashos Buttons Network by checking out them by checking them out, I'm sorry, at www.mashosbuttons.com. Get involved with us in In Orbit by sending us emails to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or send us tweets at inorbitpodcast. On today's show, we go over all the E3 hype. We finally get to see Emperor. Dominus Skull, and we're going to go over our thoughts on everything that came out of E3. But before we get started, David, how has your week been? Oh, my week's been pretty good. It's been busy, just like the past few weeks. Been working a bunch, but have had a bit of time to hop onto the PlayStation. Haven't been playing much Destiny, though. I've been on a Skyrim grind just because I really want to play D2. And anytime I go into Destiny 1, I just end up on YouTube watching videos of D2. Yeah, and pretty soon you'll be able to get your sweet, sweet hands on that sweet, sweet game. One month. (laughs) And Jordan, how have you been today? Or this week, I should say. This week, been good. Uh, I didn't play a whole lot of Destiny. Um, Starting to wind down a little bit. I'm going to try to build up the excitement for the beta. So. Um, did a lot of housework and rode my bike a lot, and I worked. Uh, it's been pretty chill. All right. So with that, let's just jump into the news. So we finally get some information about when the beta is going to be going live. For those that don't know, July 18th will be the PlayStation 4 pre-order beta date. So if you pre-ordered a game and you're on PlayStation 4, you get it two days before everybody else. July 19th will be the Xbox One pre-order beta early access. July 21st will be the open beta for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So if you didn't pre-order, you have to wait until the 21st. On July 23rd, the console beta will end. Yeah, right. (laughs) And late August, the PC beta will be available. Now you might be thinking, well, why late August and all the other consoles, you know, late July? Well, here's the very, very bad news for PC players, and it's really unfortunate that it's going to be this. September 6th, by the way, they did change the date of Destiny, which screwed up all my vacation time. (laughs) September 6th, the Mm -hmm. game will be available on PlayStation 4 
and Xbox One. However, the game doesn't go live on PC until October 24th. So let's mm. discuss that for a little bit. We finally get some hard dates for some Destiny beta ac- action, which I know I'm excited for. What are your thoughts on that big gap for PC and console? We'll start off with you, David. Well, I mean, they already said that PC was going to be coming a little later, and I think it's because they really want to flesh it out. Um, they're making it so PC PC isn't just a port. It's an entirely different game, per se. It's designed, it's a Destiny design for PC. They're making the guns act differently, recoil different, reticles different. It's all going to be designed perfectly for PC. So obviously they needed this just a little bit more time with it, and that's why I'm okay with it. Um, I'm also okay with it because now I get to play two betas, get to play a console beta and a PC beta. So like I'll get to play in July, get to play in August, then it comes out in September. I'm okay with that. Hmm. So you are invested in that PC beta then? Yes. Yes. I have some friends who are only going to be getting the game for PC. So I'm going to be rocking the uh, two consoles this time around. I'm going to be rocking PS4 and PC. Hmm. Oh, God. Well, what about you, Jordan? What are your thoughts on that? Um, well, if I'm going to be selfish about it, then yeah, I'm like David. I, I think it's pretty cool that I'll get to play the beta twice uh, for PS4 and PC because I'm going to be doing the same. I'll be playing on PC as well. But I think it's a bummer. And I said this last time. And basically, it's just a bummer for the PC players because they don't get to experience it uh, as fresh. Well, I mean, they could always skip over all the coverage and not look at everything, not read any articles on it, but it's going to be out there. It's going to be flooded. It's a big game. The hype is so big. It's going to be hard for them to avoid it. And, you know, they're going to be sitting there, you know, waiting to play this game while all the console players are going to be playing it. And I feel for them a little bit, but the the game on PC supposedly looks great, plays great. So hopefully it'll be worth the wait for them. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, We've we've already mocked Destiny 2's story. I'm sorry, Destiny's story. Um, And we already see great emphasis on story for Destiny 2 that I would be a little bit upset if I were a Destiny 2 player on PC knowing that my game is going to be coming out almost a full two months after it came out on console. Just because... Everything gets spoiled. You're going to know how to do the raid. You're going to know how to do just about everything. I mean, it, it, we don't know when the raid comes out, but I'm I'm guessing it's safe to say that it's going to come out before the PC release date. But by the time those PC players get it, they're going to be rushing through the content to get their hands on the raid and then starts to grind on, on for them. So this is really unfortunate that it's going to take that long to get it to PC. I, I, I wouldn't, if I were a PC player and they told me it was going to be delayed by two weeks, fine, maybe. But like almost two full months, that's a that's a long time. That's that's pretty, pretty bad. Well, that, it's, that, that's, it, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a month and a half. It's not two full months. And almost the, two months. Month and you, a half. You're going from the 6th month of September to the, to the 28th. That's a pretty big gap. That's almost two months. A month and a half. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Um, 
Uh, we don't know, like like you said, we don't know when the raid's coming out. So for all we know, the raid might not come out so after PC has the game. Which at a point, yes, the PC raid release will probably be delayed beyond the council. But I play with people who still don't know how to do Vault of Glass. So it's very easy That's to not thing. have a raid spoiled for you. <laughs> you just have to not pay attention. And I know it sucks. Like, you want to see the content. But... If you are really invested in getting a pure experience of the story and the strikes and the raid and you don't want any of that spoiled, just don't look at it. I know you have to wait a little longer, but if if you're going to be invested in just the PC edition, then I think you should be willing to invest in waiting that extra month. It's just like there are a ton of people who will skip the beta because or at least skip playing the story mode in the beta because they want that to be a fresh experience when it comes out on September 6th. I know people that haven't watched the um, playthroughs of the story or the strike because they want to see it for themselves the first time when they play it um, when they get the game September 6th. It's the same reason why people don't watch raids on day one because they want to wait and go in blind with their friends. So yes, it does kind of suck in a way, but it is it is doable, very doable to avoid um the content and take it in at your own pace wait to see it you know stay invested in the way you want to stay invested yeah uh yeah i'm pretty much it's it's just that's a lot of time to like mute everything it's going to be all over the place especially a game like this Everything is going to be all over the place. It's going to break everywhere. It's it's going to be impossible, almost impossible, to ignore everything. That, that's that. Yeah. It, it, the, the the I understand what you're talking about. I understand about going in blind. But by the time it's live on PC, we will have started to grind and farm the raid on console. Maybe we don't know that for sure. What we will have is console players going to PC like David and I that will have already ground and probably gotten uh, quite a bit done in the game before PC launch. So we're going to have that head start. That also is another factor because I know PC players that it's not that they don't want to play with me knowing that I'm going to be playing on PS4 beforehand, but they're going to they're going to want me to shut the heck up, (laughs) not talk to them. Right. (laughs) Hey, you can play with me. But don't tell me anything, you know? So be respectful right. of your PC brethren. That's what we're saying. All right. So another thing I want to bring up is there was two articles. The first big one was Game Informers. Um, and it was expounded on on Kotaku's articles. We'll include this in the show notes. But this is basically talking about the story for Destiny 2. And PC, it was it was it PC Gamer was the third one. Wasn't there a third one, Luke Smith? There was there was one with PC Gamer as well, but the 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 one that really talks about the thing that that's kind of concerning. So I I, I don't mean this as as just saying oh it's a, it's a tragedy it's gonna it's the end of the world whatever. Let's take it bit by bit it, because I I I looked at the title of the one article that everybody's referencing. And it's a little misleading. So there's two big things that, that, that came across with regards to these articles. Um, and that's, they're talking about the story, about how Destiny 1 
and Destiny 2, they're related, but for the most part, Destiny 2 is its own thing moving forward. Everything from Destiny 1, the concepts, the characters kind of move over, but the story is just like, whatever. Um, And what I mean by that is this. We know that when we die in Destiny 1, it says that darkness consumes you. And for the longest time, even in the Grimoire, we've had this vague reference of the darkness. What is this darkness? What does it mean? And it turns out, at least for the new story of Destiny, when they fixed everything up from the fiasco, they don't have a real grip of what the darkness is. The darkness isn't the Hive or the Fallen or the, the Cabal or the Vex. They may tap into something that is malevolent. For example, we know that the Hive dealt with the worms, but we don't really know what the darkness is. And not, apparently neither does Bungie. So <laughs> this is the actual quote from Luke Smith. We've never really said what the darkness means. Ultimately, we do owe our players a story there. What is the darkness? But that's not this game. We wanted to remove as much of the extra terminology as possible and focus on telling the, a, the Destiny 2 story. In doing so, allow Destiny 2 to, be, to usher in the rest of the saga. It's going to start some threads that we intend to carry through. So basically, don't try to expect a resolution of things. In fact, when they were talking about The Stranger, Luke Smith's own words were that he believes that The Stranger saga came to a natural conclusion in Destiny 1 Vanilla. Mm-hmm. So. Well, okay. Here's the thing. No. Um, the way they saw it, and, and we all know the story got rewrote and torn apart and stuff right before the game came out. The way they saw it, the stranger had her little arc where she helped you through. She gave you a cool gun. She left to do whatever she does. We all, Thanks for obviously, the as, as, right, we all as players who want more want to hear more from her. So it's understandable that, well, they think her story arc is done because they put an end to it in their mind. We think there's more. And part of that comes from... Um, The fact that she was talking to someone halfway through and like we never got to find out who she was talking to. So there there are these unanswered questions. But then there was the stuff that came out. I think it was over a year ago now where it was like, oh, like the reason why she was talking to someone was because that cutscene was actually made for a different story, but then was reused. So in a way, there were questions that were. put forth that we think need to be answered, but Bungie doesn't see them as needing to be answered because in Bungie's mind, those weren't even part of the story that didn't even truly really happen in their mind. Then you have the thing with the darkness and I don't know exactly where it is, but there's, there's a quote in one of these articles as well, where, where they say that um, they used, they started using the darkness just to describe enemies. And that's why in D1, you see like you've been consumed by the darkness because they were just using the darkness to refer to all the enemies. It wasn't this entity like a dark um, dark force that the enemies draw from. It was just referring to the enemies. That's why our gear and armor and stuff has minions of the darkness because they're all just, that's what they are. They're just the minions of the darkness. But we all assume because of the way they talked about it that the darkness is going to be a greater thing. 
And they're saying that right now they won't touch on it, which is understandable because they want to, this is, this is the game where they're, they're taking a step back. They're really focusing on setting the story on a, a straight path that everybody can then follow. They say that you don't have need to put, you don't have need to have played D1 to understand D2 because D1 was just a mess. Its story sucked anyway. And they will possibly touch on this stuff later on in the series. And I think the darkness is one of those things they will touch on later in the series. But we just have to trust Bungie. And I think that um, from what I've seen of D2, at least I'm starting to regain faith in that storytelling will be there. There will be some deep um, iteration into the game. Lore will be brought more into the game. And I hope it stays that way. So I'm just going to hold faith out on this one until we play the game. I don't think we can really judge saying that because this thing that we know from D1 isn't in the game, it's going to instantly be a problem with the story. Hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, the darkness whole, the whole fact that there's sort of leaving the darkness behind sort of makes me think about where we really hear the darkness in the game. And yeah, we know Destiny 1's story was very piecemeal, but whenever I think of the darkness and listening to uh, some of the dialogue in Destiny 1, the traveler seems to be the one the traveler what am i talking about the speaker seems to be the one that i sort of connect to the darkness the most the one who talks about the darkness some of the dialogue that runs in my head whenever i hear the words the darkness it's being spoken by the speaker and i know there's going to be there's got to be something with the speaker i know i guess he's missing still we still don't know anything about him uh after the attack on the tower he could be dead whatever um yeah, you know, I, I sort of see him as full of shit to some degree, and I'm wondering if leaving darkness behind may be part of them sort of playing into the fact that maybe the speaker isn't all he was cracked up to be. So with regards to the darkness, it, it was a very big part of the original vanilla storyline. They definitely talked about the darkness a lot. Um, it was all over the place. Uh, they were, I mean, the stranger herself talking about wavering between the light and the dark. Um, Queen Marasov, she was talking about uh, the darkness a little bit um, with regards to the Awoken. Um, these speakers all about the darkness. Then came, the, the I don't want to say the, the two DLCs because they pretty much were their own self-contained stories. But if you notice in Taken King, the narrative shift to really talking about the light. It was all about the light. And yes, there was talk about the light, but very little reference to the dark, the actual darkness. It, it, it seemed to start going in the direction of the traveler gave you power and you're wielding the light. The problem that I have with this is this. I, I get where they're coming from. The entire story of Destiny 1 was a mess. And they cleaned it up as best as they could with Taken King. But there's so much there from Destiny 1 that a lot of people are invested in. That they wanted some closure to. And it looks like some of those things are starting to get resolved or will be resolved. For example, the Osiris storyline, which is a huge piece that everybody's looking into. And the same thing with the Rasputin storyline. Like, what exactly is going on with Rasputin? We're going to get some sort of resolution to those stories. 
in the in the expansions that are going to be come out uh, later this year and next year. But the whole concept of the Traveler, we're still trying to figure out what the Traveler is. And again, we're not really advancing the original storyline that they had. And it, it, it feels like ever since Taken King, they've been focused on telling side stories. Like, here's the story of Oryx. Here's the story of the Splicers. Here's the story of Gaul. And at a certain point, we're going to have to have some resolution to these things. It, with regards to the Exo Stranger, I get it. There's really not much that you can go with there. Like, what's so special about it? Uh, it's just that, considering that they mention the Exo Stranger in some way, shape, or form in Luke Smith's first big baby, a.k.a. the Taken King, with the, the pul that Pulse exotic pulse rifle, it says, coming soon, or something, I forget the, the inscription. Uh, like, they've already hinted at it. You put that flavor text in there. It's an obvious reference to the stranger because it's the entire gun is based on the stranger's rifle. So if if that was really your plan to you know kind of move away from her, why hint at it? That's that's my that's my beef. It's like all this time you've hinted at the the stranger coming back in some way, shape, or form, and now it's like we're probably gonna not touch her any, ever again. Well, you do have the option that. Luke Smith could just be saying we're never going to touch her again. And then she becomes a full character in one of the whatever they're called expansions because she could be working for Rasputin or working for Osiris. And like he could just say this, that that would be a very Luke Smith thing to do would just be to say, oh, yeah, yeah, she's done. We wrapped it up. And then it comes back because he doesn't want to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, she's the main side character in expansion number two. Because that just gives away everything they've been working on. So there is always that opportunity. With regards to what you're saying with um, the side story things, I kind of disagree. I kind of feel like, well, I think Rise of Iron's Iron was more of a side story because it was kind of irrelevant to everything that was going on. I think um, Taken King was a main story because the Hive had been part of all of this and we had taken down... Um, Oryx's son. So now he's coming to attack us. He was the big bad of the hide, someone we'd been fighting Proto for yeah. for a year. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, he was the big bad of the hive, someone we've been fighting for a year. And I don't think Gaul is at all a side story. Because you I, I'm not sure if that's what you meant. You kind of No, like so so when I say side story, I don't mean that it that it's just, you know, the it okay, let me clarify. When you look at Destiny, Destiny had set like original vanilla. And, and I understand what Luke Smith is saying, but you still cannot ignore that there was specific things set forward with Destiny, uh, Destiny vanilla. You have all these different races that you introduced, the, the Fallen, the Hive, the Cabal, the, um, the Vex. And now we kind of have to take it as its own little separate thing, but the Taken, um, because I'm also going to include Taken King's um, update to all the, the enemy classes. Because you have all these different races, 
you had a giant story set up, all these different sprawling storylines, and the big main storyline was to stop the darkness with the Black Garden's heart. You stop it, but you establish that darkness was going to be playing in some way, shape, or form in the main storyline, and it influences everything. The darkness was established, even in Taken King, the darkness was established as the enemy that basically pushed the Traveler to the vast expanses of the universe to eventually land on Earth. And wherever the Traveler went, a whirlwind, as the Fallen called it, happens. Happened on Fundament. Happened on the Fallen's uh, main home planet. Happened to Earth. So there, it doesn't seem like there's some sort of resolution to that story. That was a big piece of story that carried on through year two. And now it seems like, okay, now we just have an, an invasion of Cabal. So we've kind of ignored that main, that whole main story. Like when I'm looking at the main story, the main reason we have our powers is the traveler. And we have no resolution to that main storyline or an advancement. All we have, or and I don't want to minimize this, but what we have here is an invasion of Cabal coming in. The Cabal are coming in to basically take the Traveler. But, do the, and, and, and it very well may be answered, do the Cabal know more than they're letting on with regards to the Traveler? Especially... Yeah. Emperor Dominus Gaul, who there, there's a lot of story there, and he is being influenced by someone. I, I have to pull up his name. I apologize. I don't have that in front of me. But there's very, there very much is possibility that, hey, we're going to get more information about who the Traveler is, what the Traveler is. But based on what we're reading here, it feels like what we're dealing with is the invasion and we're going to learn more about the history of the cabal which i'm completely excited for because i feel that the cabal are a great enemy they were a great enemy that was basically relegated to a side status like you, you have the fallen very well fleshed out in destiny in, in vanilla you have the cabal i'm sorry the, the vex very well fleshed out they were the final boss of the, the storyline and the final boss of the first raid. Then you have the Hive. We know how detailed the story of the Hive was in Vanilla, into the expansions, into Taken King. So there was a lot of story there. Cabal have always been treated as, as a side story, except in Taken King where they were kind of, they were involved, they were, they were pretty involved, just not as heavily. We, we don't know anything about their leaders, their history, their culture, what they're like other than they're 800 pounds and blow planets for fun. Okay. Well, I, I, I respect respectfully thoroughly disagree because in the main, like in vanilla, I don't think there was a main, like you're saying there's a main story and we fall and we're not getting, I don't think there was a main story in vanilla when you go through vanilla. And this is part of it with being the shattered story that we've talked about in the past. Um, at first you're fighting the fallen. Then for some reason you're fighting the hive and they have a piece of the traveler. Oh no. Then you free the traveler. Now all of a sudden you're fighting the Vex and then the cabal kind of show up for a second, but you're really fighting the Vex. When I played the story for the first time years ago, I had no idea what was going on. I did not know who the main bad were. I thought the fallen were the main bad. Then I was like, Oh, maybe the hive are the main bad. 
And then still all the way up until the end, when I was killing the the heart of the garden, I still thought the hive were the main bad guys. I was like, why are we going to the Vex when the, the hive are the main bad guys? So I really don't think there's anything that they're really not pulling forward. It was like the first hint at a furtherance to a story came in Taken King when you're doing the one mission and it's like, oh, we've tracked, uh, 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 God, I keep losing words tonight. They tra- they intercepted a signal sent to the Cabal Empire and right. it, it's, uh, asking for help it was sent directly to the head so that's kind of where this has come from and that was the first time we actually got a furtherance of a story put into the game so now this this is being furthered upon and i really don't think you can say that this is just simply a cabal evasion because it's not this is a hundred percent why the traveler man matters to us so much because they're coming and they're taking away the traveler and we have to fight to earn that back we this this is the game This is the story where we're really learning what it means to be a guardian, or at least that's the way Bungie has put it. And I have faith that that's the way it's going to be. We are going to finally experience what it means to have and not have our powers. As Dominus Gaul says in the kick-ass new trailer, he's going to teach us what it feels like to be able to die. And that is awesome. This is the first time we have something like that. It's really, really, I think, going to flesh out what the traveler has done for us, what it can do and why we have it. And I think saying Mm -hmm. that this is simply a cabal invasion is like not giving any credit to the way that Bungie and Luke Smith are swinging this part of the story. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, again, I'm not minimizing the importance of the cabal to the story, nor am I minimizing the invasion. What I'm talking about is at least how I interpreted it. I interpreted that the main force behind the darkness or the the all these enemies is the darkness. That's what they've been hinting at the whole time. At the least in, in vanilla destiny going forward. And this was kind of further expounded on in the Grimoire. Maybe it's just me. I I know a lot of people, they look at the the, the original storyline, they're just like, I don't know where the, where we're going here. There was no clear path. But Based on all the talk, the darkness, the darkness, the darkness, and then all of a sudden, the darkness is gone. And they're going to eliminate that that verbiage in Destiny 2, which I think is very important. But they, because the darkness was such a big part of Destiny 1, they kept referencing to it. You had a battle between the darkness and the light. To all of a sudden completely remove it, seems weird well at least this is to me and and i know a lot of people you know are 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 going with what you're saying where where the story was so confusing where until taking king well i'm not just saying it was confusing uh just so so that you understand my part my little clarification here when when i say the darkness specifically uh, Mm because that's when I'm talking about the darkness specifically and why I'm okay with it not coming forward is because to me, the way they explained the darkness is simply honestly comparing it to star Wars terms. Like we're part of the light side and the enemies are part of the dark side. 
And that's what I always thought of the darkness as. It's like this dark side. And when you when you go into like a the Star Wars world, anybody can be part of the dark side. Anybody can be part of the light side. It's just whether you fight for good or fight for per se evil. And the evil people can still think they're doing the right thing, but it's it's per se evil. And that's what I always thought of the darkness as the darkness. And that's why uh, the the thing they said in the interview where they're like, oh, yeah, we just thought the darkness kind of referred to all minions. And I, I, I that's how I thought of it. It was it was just simply the darkness is the bad guys. I never thought of it as a greater force controlling all the bad things that we're fighting. I just thought of it as our enemies. The darkness is the enemies of the light. Because we have the Traveler's Light, it's only natural to call things that are against the light, the dark. And that's the way I always thought of it, which is why I'm okay with them ditching the term and not going further on that part. Because to me, it's just, all right, people got confused by us using the darkness. We kind of got confused by us using the darkness. Now we're just going to call them enemies because that's what they were. They were enemies. Right. I mean, I'm I'm definitely glad that they're... (sighs) They're going to take, the, so people are like, the darkness, they're, they're completely retconning the, the darkness out of Destiny. And no, that's not the case here. So th- there was a very misleading title from for an article that I'm not going to link to. Basically, what Luke Smith is saying is they're taking the concept of the darkness, removing it for right now, reevaluating what it means, and then they'll apply it later on at, at a later date, which means that they may retcon some of the story or change what it means so i'm okay with that i really am it i just want and and very well may be already in the plans for destiny 2 and we don't know because we 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 only know the basics of the story but i want there to be more detailed information in game about the traveler very clearly dominus skull who was taught because i got now that i got the information was taught by the consul, who's this political leader, who advised him on, uh, what is it, uh, taking over the Cabal Empire ship. He took it. He usurped Dominus Callus's throne. So he he has some information. He's been here for thousands of years, based on what we've been given with regards to the Cabal and and Dominus Gaul. He has information. He's not an idiot. He knows what the Traveler is. He basically wants his people, the Cabal, and, and when I say Cabal, I'm talking about those big, lunking, hulking guys, not the the Scions or the War Beasts. He, he's talking about his people. He wants his people to be empowered by the light, which is why he's putting that claw right on, on the Traveler. So for me... I don't mind that they're removing the darkness or the focus on the darkness. My concern is talk about the Traveler because it's the biggest icon in Destiny outside of the Destiny Tricorn symbol. I need an explanation on the Traveler because all we know is it's a ball in the sky that gave us our powers. And I hope that because the big thing in this game is learning about reacquiring your powers or learning how to use the light in different ways. We know that the light is going to be a big concept in this game that I hope that they go and talk more about 
what the light is and how it relates to the traveler and more about the traveler because we're no we know we're not going to be getting any grimoire so and, and 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 because of the whole thing that they just put out with regards to the console i think he's going to be a bigger part of the story and possibly i have no proof of this but it seems like he would be the raid uh boss rather than gall or gall may be involved but it wouldn't surprise me if gall himself wasn't the last boss uh, yeah if he wasn't the last boss hmm. that would be a good that would definitely be a good twist but um i do feel kind of going on your point i do feel that we're going to learn more about the traveler um because you're right the the cabal obviously know a lot that we don't seem to know about the traveler enough that um dominus gall is literally coming across the galaxy to steal the traveler from us so obviously he had knowledge when we're just like oh it gave us power we're, we're gonna use this this is cool defend a city but he's like no i want this power i know about this power so i think that will definitely help us learn more um i do it is kind of a weird thing with no grimoire because like i'm worried that we won't be able to have as flushed out of a story because i was always willing to go read the grimoire but um i'm hoping that that just means that through cutscenes and story we'll learn everything we need to learn about um dominus gall the council the game itself the story the traveler and i really hope that the, that is all flushed out because i think this is an opportunity for them to tell us a lot more about the traveler than we already know Mm. they said that there's no grime war but that doesn't mean there's not going to be other things to supplement the story outside of the game uh there's mention of comic books and other things i mean there's a lot they can do well let's not go that was i I, I don't think the comic book thing was serious i think that was more i was using uh, it as an example but i i I get it i know i know i'll shut up that's fine (laughs) no 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 i just for clarification because god forbid it's it's do you remember when luke smith it was years ago he did an interview and he said something. I forget what he said, but people took it a very wrong way. I think the comic book thing could be the same way where he says the stranger could come back in a comic book. People take that as, oh, like Luke Smith's going to he's endorsing a comic book. There's a comic book. No, it's like Luke Smith thinks the character's cool. So it could come back in a comic book form. Write your own, basically. But I, I don't think we'll see anything like that soon. Yeah, I mean, jumping on on um, Jordan's point. There is going to be in-game lore, so when you get an exotic, you get to read about it, and it wouldn't surprise me if there was more details in there. We already know, remember that concept that was introduced in Taken King that kind of fell along the wayside, where you can scan scan objects, yeah, kind of like Metroid Prime? That's coming back. So there's there's a lot of story that it's going to be in there. You have to look it out. And if you're just if you just want to go through the mission, and not scan things, that's completely up to you. The story is going to be what you make of it. You have to put the work in to basically get it. Um, I think that there not being any any grimoire is going to be a good thing because it forces them to keep the story in game. So yeah, I, I think to Jordan's point, there is going to be a lot of sources for the story, and it wouldn't surprise me if in the future. They did explore comic books for the side stories, such as The Stranger, um, everything with regards to the Thorn, those characters, even uh, Rasputin. Activision that would be likes something their money. Th- 
Yeah, I mean, th- we already know that people will spend money outside of the game. I, I'll be the one to admit I pre-ordered all the Funko Pop figures. Mm. Anyway, um, th- we already know that the people are going to spend money outside of the game with regards to the actual game because it's such an intriguing um, game that we want some more clarity on. That was the thing we begged in Destiny 1. So, again, to Jordan's point, it's very well possible that there could be comic books on the line. We just don't know at this time, outside of in-game story, what's going to be happening um, with the story. Yeah. So, at this point, before we continue, David, why don't you go ahead and talk about Mash Those Buttons, please? Well, Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today right on the Mash Those Buttons network and website at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Thank you very much, David. So I want to continue talk about E3 and the big thing that was available at E3 was Arc Strider gameplay. Let's just put it. Yeah, that you're getting I, at? but I was going to, I was going to get to Arc Strider. Yeah. But what I was going to say was basically Arc Blade version 2.0. <laughs> it is not in the well, slightest. They bro. did say that it's it is way more OP than but just kidding. No, it's it's not OP. It's <laughs> it's I think from what I haven't played it from what I've heard, it seems like it's going to be totally different than Blade Dancer because they basically I mean, Bungie described it as, oh, Blade Dancer was stealth and this is agility. That's like the same thing, Bungie. Like, don't, don't get that confused. Now, I think the way it's set out, I feel like it is more fleshed out than Blade Dancer ever was and will feel very different than Blade Dancer ever did. I would hope so, um, but I think that they said for Arc Strider that the grenades and a lot of the abilities carry over to some degree. I think I saw um, a hunter in one of the gameplay videos. He tossed a uh, one of the grenades that I, I know a, a blade dancer has. I can't think of the name, but it was the same thing. They um, have all three grenades that the blade dancer it's has. It's the same grenades? Okay. Well, yeah, it's the, the skip, the flux, and the uh arc bolt yeah i i did like the way they animate the super for the uh arc strider more than they uh had animated the blade dancer it looked really really good in uh my opinion um the way he danced around and could like rush forward um it seemed like it may be not op but i think it's going to be more useful and more powerful of course uh, i'd like to get my hands on it but you know the, the murmurs in the community that up from the people that have gotten to play it seem to like it. Um, one interesting thing that I noted that I didn't get a chance to go back and watch the video, but I was watching lots of videos earlier today, trying to catch up on things after being busy was that I believe I saw a hunter melee without a knife. Did anyone else catch that? Um, no. I did not see that. So link me the video. I will I'll watch it. Watch arc. Watch arc. I, I could be wrong, and I know I. I don't like to just like throw something out there without double checking, triple checking. But I swear I saw a melee, and I swear I saw the hunter punch. 
like with a fist, no blade. I was like, what? Wait, this is Hunter gameplay, right? And then I saw the, the character pop their super and it was Arkstrider. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I got to watch it again. Interesting. But check, check the videos. There's some interesting little tidbits that you can catch in the Arkstrider They're, gameplay videos. It could have just been a glitch. It is a pre-build. True. I just keep an eye out. This, this I, I'll watch. I've been catching no, some little things. That was, that was something that was maybe big. I could have, he could have had a knife. And it was just in a different position, and it looked like a position. Punch. Yeah, but well, the one they thing definitely that, changed uh, animations up a lot. The one thing about the Arc Strider that is uh, slightly, maybe future problematic, but I think is awesome. So I said it was built around agility. Um, the rumor from those who have played it, um, when you uh, are in super, you have unlimited dodge ability with your hunter. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And yeah. and another thing that that is a big change um is the fact that your jumps are complete are are more in line with all the others. Which for a lot of people who play uh who play Arc Blade now, that's gonna be a little bit of a, a, a thing to get used to. There's gonna be a triple jump, a a double jump with uh well they call it strafe jump, which is double jump with more control and a the actual double jump high jump that they had before so this is going to be in line with basically what it was for gunslinger and um night stalker which means blink is kind of going out now we don't know if the the void walker has the blink ability but if let's say the the, the the Void Walker has no blink. That's another big thing that they took out of the game, just because it was such such a hard thing to balance in Destiny One. It wouldn't surprise me if they took it out. They sort of made it somewhat useless in PvP for a little while recently. They took away part of the nerf, but it's still sort of a pain in the butt in PvP to use. It's not it's not the go to um, jump from. I don't know. I, I still use Void Walker in PvP, but I sort of go back and forth between uh, using that and one of the other jumps. So leaving that out would probably be best for the game, um, taking it away from all classes. And I know they're taking away uh, like Sunsinger and replacing it with Dawnblade, you know, because that was hard to balance in some instances. Um, I I wouldn't necessarily complain because it's, it's giving us new things to use, new abilities to try, um, and it's a di- it is a different game. It's a new game, so we'll have to play and learn to play differently. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of narrowing the gap on abilities with everything. Everything's kind of being brought closer together, which I'm okay with. Uh, it is still a little weird to me that this this does seem very PvP balanced focused in a way um, where like they're like, oh, like Blink didn't work too well in PvP. Let's kind of remove it. Uh, these perks, the, the perk balancing didn't work too well in PvP. Let's kind of remove it. But I do really like the way they've set up perks for this where it's all right. You got to focus down this tree and you get all this crap or you can focus down this tree and you get all this crap. I'm just kind of, um, I don't entirely know how it works yet. I don't think anybody entirely know how it works yet, 
but I'll be interested to see how specific you have to um like specify your character because I I don't like it, it I don't think it'll be a permanent choice from what it looks like it looks like there's going to be some sort of rare material you can get that then can make it so you change which tree you've selected but you know I I do like the way they've done this with the abilities I don't mind that they've removed blank. I think it's it's good that they're narrowing down abilities. It does keep the game um, simplified in a way that keeps it um, fun, playable, um, easy to manage, and obviously balanceable. Yeah. So, I mean, here's my theory. Um, and you can take from it as you wish. I think that... You don't just add a new subclass or a remade subclass, whatever you want to call it, into the game without taking into account what was the previous subclass's weakness. And in Destiny 1, the Arcblade's biggest weakness was all of PvE. Let's be, let's be fair. Yeah. It was a tough class to really use in PvE effectively or want to use effectively. Um, now, there were several instances where it was a very, very powerful thing to have. For example, Arcblade was a very powerful perk, or a powerful subclass, I should say, to use in Crota's End, because there were a lot of instances where you might have had to solo, let's say, the bridge. And if you hide behind the lantern, going invisible, pick off the th different enemies, all of a sudden you could solo the bridge you know, by your, um, without any assistance. Um, and then there was the different methods that people use for Crota, where they stabbed him to go invisible, slammed him with the sword as he's getting up, activate a super or whatever, basically becoming invisible so that he doesn't do anything to you and you can stay right next to him. So I'm, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Arc Strider, um, yeah, Arc Strider plays. And my theory on, the game is we're going to run into a situations where we already know that the Dawn Blade is about a lot of damage on a specific target at one time. It feels like what they're doing with Arc Strider is um, clearing out large areas of, of ads. Like, let's say you get surrounded by Thrall. Yes, they are coming back. You could easily pop, you know, the, the Arc Strider clear out these these ads while your your teammates focus on on other things so you have options here and it's going to be really really cool to see how they implement that because let's say that um let's use the current raid um wrath of the machine there are a lot of instances where you get surrounded by enemies like for example when you're doing the death samboni all those uh dregs that come out if you would have an a range a somewhat range because the arc strider He's going to take out air and, and a whole bunch of enemies in an, in an area. He swings his staff. It could take three enemies out. When you think the arc blade, you're swinging at a specific target. This is a staff that's going to take out one of uh, three, like three enemies with one swing. Plus you have a like slam. You have a I'm sorry? Plus you have a slam. Yep. Right. So there, there's a lot of opportunity to take out a lot of ads while your team focuses on, you know, the main objective so i'm going to be interested to see how this plays in pve and i hope that it becomes more useful than arc blade is for in pve i'm just concerned that there wasn't some sort of a 
at least a mid-range attack. Or at, from what we've seen. I, I, I really, really want the, the Arc Strata to be effective, not just in PvP, but definitely in PvP, PvE, where Arc Blade did not do the work. Well, the, kind of, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say the thing about mid range is because he has the unlimited rolls, which doesn't affect your super ability at the moment, you can close down gaps very, very fast and then mm -hmm. jump up, slam. Um, there's a there's a thing where one of the perks that people saw and is on the tree is if you come out of a dodge, your next hit double hits. So Say you need to hit a stronger enemy, you dodge, then you get a double hit on them, it takes them out. So I think it's been built in a way that it will be effective in PvE, but it's not going to be one of those supers that you want to use when you're facing like a giant boss or anything. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, one big thing that we did get with regards to um, subclasses is we finally got the confirmation that Sunsinger not coming back at all. Uh, yeah. um, same thing with same thing with Defender, and we already knew that Arc Blade wasn't coming back because it's basically replaced with the Arc Strider. Rip to my dream um, of having two subclasses. Well, what I've heard so far, expansion. tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Defender is essentially being transformed into Sentinel. It is. Well, Sentinel is basically, think Reinhardt from Overwatch, mm -hmm. where you can put down the shield and, and move forward. There's going to be a lot of that going on, and I think that at least from what I've read, I have no proof of this because I haven't played it. From no what I've read, it. well, I mean, people that, well, you're right. You're talking about the subclass. From what they're saying is Ward of Dawn is in the game, but it seems like the the the, uh, the Sentinel has to activate it like, like Zavala and stay there holding the bubble up. And then you can move forward and 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 proceed from there and mm. activate it again or whatever. That's an interesting so take on it. See, when I when I read it, I didn't think they had to stay there. It just kind of sounded like you do this special thing, which I'm guessing is one of the trees. I'm guessing one of the like trees will say this is the Ward of Dawn style. This is the yeah. attacking style. But it, it sounded like um, you like hold down the super and it drops a bubble um, instead of like you hit it. You just activate your super. It pulls up the shield. I kind of like the way you're like, if, if you could do like your super is running and at any time, if you hold down the super button again, it activates a word of dawn. So you're kind of like a moving word of dawn, but you don't get to move out of it. I actually would like that better. That would one, it would make it uh, more strategic for both PVE and PVP, because when you're using that word of dawn, you're out of play. And two, like it just, I mean, it, it makes sense. Plus it was kind of shown to us. In a trailer, it, when Zavala. Zavala pops it, yeah, it, for me it makes more sense that I mean, when you're seeing the stress that Zavala has from holding up that bubble, like you're just seeing them, like I'm, I'm holding it, I'm defending these guys, I, I'm, I'm protecting, uh, I'm showing what it means to be a leader, you know that that feels more powerful. So again, I have no proof. It, it, at least when I read the information, that's what it came across to me. Where you know, activate a ward of dawn, hold it for a little bit. You know, areas cleared, we can move on, and then you know, do whatever you need to do. I'm really excited to see the, the sentinel in action because I think that that is going to be 
quite the interesting subclass, especially for the raid. Like, let's say you get into an area where you have these three colossus, which, by the way, we haven't seen a colossus yet, which is interesting. But let's say there's three colossuses aiming at you in a very narrow area, and you have to push forward, and you can hide behind cover, but the easiest thing to do would be to have a sentinel in front of you right there they're done they're reloading moving forward like i would love to see that it it almost invokes a feeling of war um and kind of like world war ii storming the beaches of normandy you know pushing forward all these enemies are firing at you and i am really really excited to see the sentinel in action because i think that there's a lot of possibility and i gotta be honest i want to throw the shield me too, dude. Honestly, I want to throw the shield. honestly, with with all the stuff that's starting to come out with Sentinel about its both offensive and defensive compa- capabilities, I'm thoroughly considering starting a Sentinel first. I, I'm going to use the beta to decide which one I, I start first when I get the real game. But like the fact that it's got that strong defense and strong offense makes it a very viable choice for, for having a great PVE class right off the bat. Yeah, that's what I think is going to shine. It's definitely going to be a PVE powerhouse. And I'm sore. I started as a warlock in Destiny 1, and I plan on doing a warlock for Destiny 2. But I'll be honest, that that subclass looks pretty awesome. I may I may start as a titan for Destiny 2 now. Yeah, I was a, I was a hunter. But I mean, I was a warlock in the alpha and beta hunter when game released. And I, I'm not sold on being a hunter again just because pole dancer, arc strider, whatever we want to call <laughs> yeah. it. Um, it, uh, it looks fun, but I'm going to be playing a ton of PvE first, and it looks more like a PvP-centric class. Could be. I'm sorry, but uh, hunter's master class. Anyway, um, yeah, the, I'm, I'm really excited for the game. I'm really excited to know that we're basically a month away from the beta. Uh, I'm I've been chomping at the bits to play this game. Um, I have to be honest, my my I haven't played much Destiny lately, just because there's not much for me to really get out of it. Um, and people I know that I've I've already helped out, so I'm not poo pooing the game. It's just I think I've reached my limit. And there's very little that I'm going to be getting from it. Hey, Jorge, are we going to so, play Trials after this? Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> let's go, yeah, let's go so play Killing I'm Floor. Really ex- <laughs> I'm really excited to see what's, what's coming in the future. Um, but there's one last question I want to I ask you guys before we end the show. We know that the beta is coming out um, in about a month's time. How much content do you honestly believe we're going to get? In the beta? Mm-hmm. Because in, in Destiny 1's beta, we basically got a fourth of the content. Yeah, you got level 1 to 8, most of the patrol. <laughs> we got to play on the moon. Uh, I think we're going to get uh, one story mission, one strike, one PvP map, and then some form of a special event on the weekend. Hmm. What about you, Jordan? I'm thinking we're going to get a little bit more than one mission. I think we'll get maybe a couple missions. Um, One strike is plenty. 
uh, one, maybe two PvP maps. I'm thinking a little bit larger than what David's thrown out there, but not much because uh, it's only a week or less for most. So well, I think we'll get to go into patrol too. I didn't say that. Yeah, true. You'll probably get patrol. Now, in patrol, we may get a taste of some of these other new encounters and features that they've added in too. So that could... That could be nice. Um, and then just exploring some, you know, if we get to see, I'm assuming the beta is going to allow us to see some of the new uh, landscapes and uh, maybe a new planet or two. So maybe not too much. Let's say a new planet um, or a new area if we're on Earth. So, yeah, I'm thinking that. I may actually be more excited to do patrol if they include any of the new encounters um, and features in the patrol areas. Because, I mean, that's like new news. So I really want to experience that. But that may be too much to ask for the beta. What about you, Jorge? What are you, uh, what are you thinking? I honestly think that we're going to get kind of like what David said. I, I think it's really, really hard to... Because the first area that we're going to be getting into when we, uh, when we go into Destiny 1... Or I'm sorry, Destiny 2 is the European dead zone. And from there we branch out to the other planets, but we know that the European dead zone is a huge, huge part of the new experience. In fact, it's, it's supposed to be the most distinct thing and we haven't really seen too much of it. And given all the different things that are, are going with it, it wouldn't surprise me if they just held off on patrol and, and just had you focus on PVP a strike here because if you do if let's say let's say they have two strikes a couple uh two missions and pvp you kind of control where the player goes or at least can can control a lot of where the player goes you can put out invisible walls or whatever and that controls the experience because i think one of the big things with destiny one's beta was there was way too much freedom we get the whole cosmodrome we got the whole yeah every every mission from Vanilla Destiny, with regarding the Cosmodrome, was available, including the uh, the Sepix Prime Strike. Not that 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 was a bad thing, but like when you re- when you went but back, it was you a realized, bad thing. Yeah, I mean, when you realize that, hey, I just completed a fourth of the game, and I'm gonna have to do all that all over again. Now, obviously, things are gonna be changing, like the different enemies, different weapons, what we get, what the what the voice acting is. They basically said that when we get to the beta, we very well may have um, different voice acting when the actual game comes out. So don't get too excited about what you see because it could all change. But I would think that if you put out a couple missions, a couple strikes, and then PVP, you have a controlled experience that doesn't give away too much of the game. Oh, here's a thought. What do you think will... Oh no! Let me rephrase this. Do you think there will be any changes from the console beta to the PC beta due to the gap? Because I'm starting. You no. don't think so? No, nothing. No, I don't think so no. either. You don't think they'll do that? Yeah, the difference will be throw- the quality will be better on PC because oh, you can yeah. choose qualities on PC. True, true. I'm almost. Oh, just that thought popped in my head. I was like, what if they throw a bone out to the PC players and allow them to experience something a little different? But nah. You don't think they'll do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Nah. 
You'll I mean, experience yeah. 60 frames per second. Sure. Right. Sure. It's going to look. One last thing. I, one last thing I do want to bring up. I'm sorry. Uh, before we do close the show up is we did get confirmation of what some of the console exclusive items will be for PlayStation. One of them being the Borealis exotic sniper rifle, which can change elements. But we don't know how. Solar. We don't know. We don't how. know how. Now, for example, we had a submachine gun in there that had a risk reward, um, where if you got hit with arc damage, you powered up kind of like um, Bishop from X-Men, and then you can unleash arc torrents on somebody. So we don't know if that's kind of in the way that um, a lot of these exotics will be. For example, charge it up by killing enemies, and then all of a sudden you can now shoot rainbow elemental shots. Yeah, it was... The- I have no- the one thing we saw was a guy reloaded and the element changed. Right. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what that exotic sniper rifle is going to be like. Um, we also know that it's going to have an exotic strike, which isn't out of... I mean, we've seen that happen before. Lake of Shadows, which confirms that we will be fighting Taken. I know a lot of people in the community were like, God. I like the Taken. They're a cool enemy. I think the Taken are fun, dude. They're hard. I like the concept of the Taken. Compared to other enemies. They're pain in the the butt. I like the concept of the Taken. It's good. I like the concept of the Taken, but I want more explanation as to why they're still around. Because based on what we saw on Taken King, the only thing that could take somebody was Oryx himself. Because Eris has the sword. No, she doesn't. You have you 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 have the, that piece that she that she took. When did we get the piece she took? So when she touches the sword, it breaks down, and Oryx's hilt comes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you look at that that hilt, it's the same exact hilt that you have on your Dark Drinker, your Soul, uh, all the Ray's Lighter, and uh, our whatever it is because she gives it to you when you uh when you go back to her hmm. you realize that this, those exotic swords are basically a revamped version of Oryx's sword right no nope. had never thought of it that way yeah. and i will continue to think eris has the sword <laughs> yeah i'm yeah so i'm, I'm not following that i, one I just want there. more explanation I, I want more explanation on on that um, on the Taken, because I do think that they are a very cool class, but I want to see how they're going to explain how they're still around. So, with that, I think we're at a good spot right there. Uh, were, were there any final thoughts you guys want to throw in before we close this bad boy up? Nope. Uh, nope. We're. Uh, I think we're good for now. There's probably a ton more to talk about. We can save it for next episode. All right, David, we'll go ahead and take it away. All right. We want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit. Thank those who tuned in live with us tonight on Twitch. We are available on a ton of platforms, so please make sure you are spreading the word. The best way to do that is to simply share In Orbit with others. We are on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Downcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Casts, YouTube, and we have an RSS feed. Links to each are available right on the Mashos Buttons website at www.mashosbuttons.com. And make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Mash Those Buttons. 
And make sure to check out the other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network at mashthosebuttons.com forward slash shows to see all of our podcasts. And for any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com forward slash schedule for scheduling details. Check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site, twitter.com slash podcast, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at DSBolt and stream on Twitch, DSBolt, no spaces, no underscores. And Jordan, where can people find you at? You can find me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash IMTBot, spelled I-A-M-T-E-E-B-O-T. And as always, you can find me on all the different social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name. Go to NRG. That's G O, the number two NRG. Make sure you contact us with any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at twitter.com slash inorbitpodcast. My prior events are not a memory, it is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jordan, Jarrett, and myself, we thank you for listening to our show. And as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls.